On the weekend, 10 teams finished their 2018 season. Some of them finishing on a high, some of them finishing on a low. In this episode of the Lace Out Podcast, we're going to analyse the bottom five teams and more importantly, have a think about did they pass or fail for season 2018. The J-Dog is back, Jamie Wallace, and I'm your host, Christopher Pepper, and it's time to get the party started. Kick it off, Stevie. Can you believe it? It's final time. Yes, yes, yes. The scene is completed. It's over. It's finished. Kaput. Ten sides have fallen. Eight sides are challenging. Season 2018 is at its pinnacle. Jamie Wallace, how are you today? I am excellent, Chris. Welcome. How are you? Mate, I am P-U-M-P-E-D. Pumped. For obvious reasons. The D's are playing finals for the first time in 12 years. But some exciting news came out of the AFL today, and we're going to touch on that. Uh, more importantly, your Port Adelaide team, their season finished on the weekend. Uh, what's going through your mind right now? How are you feeling? Have you come to grips? Season's over. Uh, no, no, come to grips, come to grips. You know, um, I think a uh, mention should be to Port Adelaide for uh, being the first team to be bundled out from a, I think it was an 11-4 position. We'll make that 12-4, actually. 12 and 4, and then to miss the final. So, you know, uh, life's good. Life's good. Life's good. It's <laughs> good. And, um, you know, some exciting news also to come out of Port Adelaide today, which we'll touch on in a minute. But it was a belter of a, a, way, a, belter of a, a season, let's be frank. Uh, there were some surprise packets, uh, some yeah. teams that uh, stole victory from the jaws of defeat, and mm-hmm. there was Carlton. <laughs> Yeah, green cheeks, green cheeks. Tell you what, I, I did uh, weed and feed the lawn on the weekend and there weren't many Carlton ones growing in my front yard. Um, yep. And I think a, a number of those um, green shoots that are occurring down at Carlton will probably get some weed and feed, uh, as mm-hmm. known as uh, list management, in the next couple of days. But they're, they're in, real, they're in real, real sorts. And they're not the only one. There's a, a couple of teams above them that, Really need to have a good hard think about themselves and where they're taking the direction. At least they've got a good bloke on board now. Brad Lloyd is now the football manager down at Carlton. Um, yep. We'll have a quick chat about them. But it was, look, it was a really good weekend of football, full stop. Across the board, there were some, uh, some tight games, some great games. Um, some that I actually thought were going to set the season alight from a, a final four and a final eight perspective. Eventually, all the results went the way that we thought. But um, yeah, it was just really good to see some some quality football from teams that we probably haven't expected a lot from in in Fremantle, almost taking yep. the, taking the win off Collingwood, but also yep. seeing that the Western Bulldogs going in going, hitting the post three times in the last quarter to go down by I think mean, just under a kick. Yeah, that was good. Yep. Three points actually in a bit of a high scoring three game, ninety eight to ninety five points down at the G, which now makes it I think twenty two. Yep, in a row. That sounds about right, yeah. So, look, I don't know. We're going to talk next week. We're going to do a bit of a finals preview and who we think is going to win and who's going to take it out. We'll have a little bit of a chat about the four games. So, we'll leave that yep. till next week. We will. I really want to have a bit of a chat about um, just some of your overall thoughts and feelings up until this point of the season. Uh, we'll go through each of the clubs that didn't make it at a very, very high level and have a bit of a chat about what you think is going to be if they had a pass for the year, if they had a, you know, a, a 
middle ground for the year or it was a complete uh, balls up for the year. Sure. Uh, and just a couple of, um, you know, standouts uh, from your perspective and mine. Uh, but before we do that, some massive news has just uh, hit the airwaves. I don't know if you've heard about this, but a certain mm-hmm. high-flying crow has requested a trade. Yeah, Mitch huge. McGovern has requested a trade from Adelaide. Mm, huge. Where's huge. he going? Where's he going? Carlton. Carlton? Yep. He's off to Carl shit. Mm-hmm. So I reckon, I reckon Carlton are going to give back. Uh, they're going to, the Carlton are going to get compensation this year, and I reckon they're going to give that pick over to Adelaide. What are they getting compensation for? What do you mean? For being shit. Well, oh yeah, those priori- Oh, that priority pick thing. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly, I get that. Yeah. So I, I don't reckon. That. Yeah, I don't reckon they'll get that at the start. Uh, I reckon that'll be a, a late first rounder, and I reckon they're going to get that to McGovern. Mm-hmm. Um. And maybe and, and, and maybe and maybe something on the back end, you know, maybe like a, a pick three or something like that as well. I don't know. pick three, around a, a, a third round pick. So, so if you're telling me he's going to give two first rounders for Mitch McGovern, what's Jesse Hogan going to be? Apparently, because he's on the trade table, according to every journalist except Jesse Hogan himself. He's oh, worth... no, I don't think I don't think Carlton's going to give away their pick one ever. No. Oh no, they did. No, they did once, didn't they? Give it away. They wouldn't. They wouldn't now. There's no, no way. Could. The AFL wouldn't let him. No. But but going on the draft, and from, from my perspective, I really like the approach that the AFL are thinking about, not just giving them uh, bonus picks, but giving them those older players outside of the AFL system who have been drafted yeah. to get some access. I think that's a brilliant idea, and I don't know why it hasn't been thought of previously, because Paul Ruse has said it perfectly. You know, yep. The draft isn't what it once was, and it takes too long for these guys to, to get up to scratch. And if you're expecting yep. an 18 year old kid to be the savior of a club and Hey, my club's had plenty of saviors over the years, which haven't um, hit fruition. It, it, they need a little bit more than that. So giving them a couple of uh, picks outside of the AFL system, whether it's the waffle, uh, Sandfall, VFL uh, to top it up. I reckon it's a great idea. And I know yep. a number of clubs cracked, cracked a bit of a stink about it, but I think the caveat is once the draft has gone, yeah, they're the players that they can uh, pick, not before it. Which is great because it means that every club had the ability to pick those up. So they shouldn't be really disappointed if, oh, they've picked it up when, when we could have had that opportunity. When, you know, the, everybody, it's, everybody's got the opportunity to, to pick up whoever in the draft. Bailey Fritch yeah. from Melbourne was a perfect example. We held him over yeah. to Casey. We picked him up. And funny enough, he was uh, picked up with draft pick number 31. Mm-hmm. Do you know who we got for, who we gave away for pick 31? Are you, you going to remind me again? Are you going to remind me again? I'll remind you. J.W. Otts. J. Watts. So yeah. thank you very much. I think we may have just pipped you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. We, yep. yep. Definitely. I will say no more. That is definitely true. You screwed the pooch on that one. Yeah. You reckon, you reckon when um, the Port Adelaide recruiters or the Port Adelaide list manager walked over to our, you know, Todd Vonnie and uh, Josh Marnie and said, look, I've got a bit of an idea here. How about we give you pick 31 for Jack? And they went, yep. They didn't even let him finish the sentence. No. Take him. Take him. Give us pick 31. We'll take pick 31, a packet of Sandboy chips, and a pair of heavy hats. We'll take him. And even a pair of those sexy looking shorts that he sells. What are they? Squash shorts. We'll take a pair of those as well. You can have him. Are are those squash shorts, are they for guys with big legs? Uh, Yeah, well, knowing that uh, hashtag big leg nation, we should should be be sponsored by squash. We Um, should contact... 
We should contact Jack Watson and see if he'll give us a couple of pairs of shorts. Yeah, no, probably. I think he might need to sell a few more over the next couple of years because I think <laughs> the contract comes up. I don't know if it's going to get renewed. Well, back back on Jack Watts. So look, yeah. we gave him we, we gave you guys pick thirty one, and that really Jack. That's nothing for Jack Watts. He wasn't a, he wasn't he wasn't um, cost us nothing. We had nothing else to use on it for getting Jack Watts in. If it works, if it works, if it doesn't, it doesn't. We haven't really lost out, but you guys have got a ripper on, on the back end of that. So that's oh, good for Melbourne. I love a good Fritchie. I love a yep. good Fritchie. He, he, he has just been one of our most consistent and he just slotted in beautifully into the AFL yep. system. So it just goes to show that you can get good players out of the VFL that can make a difference. Uh, Mira from Hawthorne's another perfect example who's been in the VFL for quite a number of years and made an impact in Hawthorne's team and is keeping his spot uh, moving into finals as well. So it just goes to show if you, if you can find the right ones, it can make yep. a difference. So you're right. Quick, quick, quick question though. Quick Do you question, think yep. this is a bit, a, bit of a bit of a jump off the side here? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think there is a, a serious lack of skilled AFL players coming to the draft? Because you've got the very top end, you know, obviously, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, that top end of the ladder. But the bottom end, this year, like Port missed, Port missed the finals, and I say North Melbourne as well in Essendon, uh, with 12 wins, and we yep. still missed the eight. That's, that, that's, a, that's, that's a new one. And the bottom team missed yep. by a long way. We're talking a couple of wins only each on, across, across the bottom teams. Yep. So is there a massive gap in players that just have quality that aren't coming through anymore? We've got too many teams, basically. Oh, I think we've already had. I think we had too many teams because it, you're looking at around about forty-four on a uh, forty-four on a list, mm. and so you're looking at what an, eight, an extra eighty-eight players that would have been fed into sixteen teams. So that's what a, a five extra players, yeah, per team, which would normally go onto their list to make them stronger, has been yeah. filtered out to other teams. So your yeah. bottom flight, the bottom five players of your group theoretically would not have been drafted at all. Because yeah. the spots would have been taken by somebody else. Yeah. That saying though, Carlton, and I think if you have a look, and we'll, we'll do, we'll quickly run through from yeah, the missed turns. So sure. Carlton in 18th with eight eight points or two wins. Gold yep. Coast had uh, four wins for the year. St Kilda mm-hmm. had four and a half wins for the year, which is surprising. Brisbane had five. Uh, mm-hmm. Fremantle in 14th had 32. So that's uh, four, eight wins there. Western Bulldogs had eight wins. Mm-hmm. Adelaide have moved in with... Now, they're on 48, so they've had, uh, they've had 12 wins as well. Essendon, mm-hmm. Port Adelaide and North Melbourne rounding out the into ninth position all had 12 wins. Yep. So the way that I read that is from first down to 12th, mm-hmm. they've, they've, got, they've, got it, they've got it right. And I think there's, you know, there's a kick, kick and a half amongst virtually that, that entire group. Yep. The Western Bulldogs... And Fremantle, funny enough, they were four behind that. Yeah. And then you've got Brisbane, St Kilda, Gold Coast. Now, the bottom three have had a lot of off-field issues. And I yep. don't think you can get your on-field right until you get your off-field right. Now, Carlton yep. have made some steps over the last week or so. Like I said, Brad Lloyd's been in there. Gold mm-hmm. Coast looked like they're going to be getting a couple of, I think, uh, Adelaide or Port Adelaide assistant coaches moving up to to Gold Coast, Josh Franku. Looks like he's going up there with one someone else to Gold Coast. Yeah. St Kilda have culled three of their assistant coaches. So I don't think you've got to get your support staff. It doesn't matter how good your playing group is. If you don't have that support staff around them to look after them, nurture them and support them, they're not going to yeah. be any good. 
Brisbane, yeah. and you can just see because Brisbane, I know there's been a lot of um, back and forth. Have Brisbane, have Brisbane improved this year when yeah. Gold Coast are, are, are one, uh, sorry, one game less than them? But you can see a massive difference because they had a percentage of 89.7. Now, that was better than yeah. Fremantle and be- better than the Western Bulldogs. And I think that's, I think Paul Rue said it quite a number of years ago wins are wins, but it's the percentage that really tells where a club is. And they've yeah. actually got not a bad percentage. And I think they lost, I think it was five or six games under three goals this year, under three goals this year mm-hmm. which is a massive wrap. Yep. So they're, they're on the right path. Uh, St yep. Kilda, I, I don't see any, I, I'm, I said, I've said it before, I don't think Alan Richardson, you know, as, as, good, as good of a bloke he is, whether he has the nous for an assistant as, as, a, as, a, as a full coach, as a full-time yeah. coach. Stewie Jew, I rate him. He's only been in his what? Is it his second season or first season at Gold first. Coast? First season. First. So he's gone yeah. through enough hell there, especially yep. his captain and potentially uh, last year with Ablett, this year with Lynch, and then potentially May. We don't know what's going on with him. Mm. And so if you if those two teams weren't there, then you'd be able to have an influx of skill into those other clubs. They're young yep. kids, and I think now is you've got the top of the tree. And don't worry, teams will fall by the wayside. I think your your mob, even though you've had twelve wins, yeah. If you have a look on paper, and I think your team is the perfect Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde type of team because you look at them on paper yeah. and go, Wingard, Boke, Wines. Yeah, we've got the cattle. We've got you've the got staff. The we've got the people there. You got the cattle, but you don't produce the milk. No. It's it's not milk that you want to drink. You look at it and go, oh, this is creme de la creme, and then you it's light. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's a bit of a reshuffle we need in the coaching structure though. But we can talk about that later. But yeah. um, but I, I think you're right. And I think St Kilda are potentially almost the same. Yeah. They've gone backwards this year. But do you want to go through the bottom eight? Yeah, we'll go through the we'll go through the the bottom eight. Look, if we start with Carlton, eight wins. Oh, sorry, eight wins. Shoot, that's an that's totally that. <laughs> eight points uh, with yeah. a percentage of fifty nine point two nine. Now, I know yep. in Melbourne a couple of years ago when they had their, their massive two-win season, yep. they had a percentage of 52. Yeah. They were only 7% off, and you know how bad we were, but it just goes to show mm-hmm. that we, we didn't take shortcuts. We went back to the draft. We got some experience in uh, with yep. Daniel Cross and Bernie Vince. Yep. And you can see year after year, look where we are now. I think that's what Carlton need to do. The thing yeah. is that they've actually got a pretty good spine. Yes. Cripps is a gun. Kerno, yep. the both the Kernos go all right. You've got Harry McKay. Um, yep. Cripps. Got, uh, Paddy Dow. Paddy Dow. Patricia Seeding. Weedering is starting to get some form again. Yep. Uh, Sim- Simpson down back. Um, who, did yep. his knee, who did his knee this year? Uh, right at the start of the year. One of their gun backmen as well. Um, uh, lost a nut last know. year in one of, one of the games. Anyway, whoever he is, he went out with a knee. So they'll get him back. So I think the structure's there. I just think that, yep. he, you know... And I don't mind, from what I see, Brendan Bolton as a coach, I think his heart's in the right place. I think he knows yep. he's, he's staying the course. I think the club need to get the right people around him and the right mm. assistants to take him forward. Um, yep. They will need to cut some dead wood at the end of the year. I'm not too yep. sure who at this stage. Uh, no news has come out about who's being delisted, etc. Yeah, so yeah, they I, definitely see, they I, definitely, think, I think they have to keep them. Do you reckon? I think anyone, anyone watches Carlton can see there's a massive hole in their list from the middle ages, like, you know, from the 22, 23 up to about 28. There's a massive gap. They've got all these guns who are coming at the bottom, but then there's no one in the middle. There's no one there to sort of bridge it up. So where do you keep 
you try and keep your Cade Simpsons going and Daisy's going for another season or two just to get some of these games into these younger players to lift the team up a little bit. I, I'm, yeah. There's just no one there to help no, them through. I think when I keep going back to my team because you know, you you know, your side of the, well, you were there, your team was there. Yeah, we were there. And one of the biggest mistakes we made was when Mark Neal came in, he got rid of Brad Green. He got rid of James McDonald and got rid of Cameron. That's right. And he culled, yep. he culled the leadership out of the, out of the group. Yeah. And that's something that they can't do. Now, they've also got to look at it this way. All right. Is Daisy Thomas better than our 44th player on the list? Of course yeah. he is. So if mm. you get rid of him, you're not going to be bringing in someone at that particular stage who's going to do better than him. And he's, and he's had a pretty good, pretty good season compared to what he's delivered over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, who was the other one? Uh, Kate Simpson. The, guy, Kate the, Simpson. Guy's got, the guy's got another two or three years in him. Yeah. You have a look at him. Like he doesn't look like he's slowing down. He can keep playing, but they, they, they did have, they did have some good, they did have some quite good statistical rankings. They were ranked fourth mm. um, in least opponent claimers per game, ranked second yeah. in, uh, in least opponent rebound fifties per game. And they were ranked third in team to opponent clangers per game in terms of that differential. Yeah. Yet, yet let's have a look at this. Ranked 15th for kicks, ranked 16th yeah. for handballs, ranked 17th for the disposals, ranked 15th for, for marks, ranked 18th yeah. inside 50s, ranked 17th for goal assists. Mm-hmm. With, with low rankings like that, you're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna do anything. It's it's just difficult. No. Um, and if it, you know, Patrick Cripps, I love him. Um, yeah. I know he lost out to Jesse Hogan with the rising star, rising star. I know that particular stage, like it was a bit of a toss up. But yeah, Cripps, is, he, he's, he's amazing. He'll take yep. out another best and fairest. He'll make an All-Australian team. Uh, yep. He had the most handballs. He had 393 handballs. He had 652 disposals. He had 170 clearances. Mind you, he had yep. 99 clangers, but when you're getting it as much as he is, obviously you're going to stuff something up. I think, I think on the weekend, you almost set the AFL record as well for something like contested possessions in a yep. season or something like that. Like that's He's, he's what? He's 20... Uh, 20? 20, 20. 2021. Same, yeah. age, same age as, as Hogan. Okay. And he was he was shot on the weekend and he was still just battling. So, I don't know. He's, he's I, awesome. I, I really feel sorry. I really feel sorry for him from the perspective of his body is going to be battered uh-huh. in six years' time. Yep. And it makes it really difficult when you see him trying to do everything for that team, drag them across the line. And unfortunately, um, he has to, it's almost a one-man band. Yeah. So they, they got a lot of soul searching to do, Carlton. A lot of it has been their own fault. They tried to, they tried to get the, the John Wests from GWS. Mm. Yeah. And that hasn't worked. No. no. So what's going to happen? So yeah, McGavin might go there. Uh, they'll probably pull out a couple more. I don't mind them getting a... I don't mind them getting the priority pick, but not up the front. It's got to be towards towards maybe the mid, after after round nine. So oh, after round after the nine after, after after your mob. So once well, the I'm, I'm almost choked in my headphones just then. That's right. But once the what's the bottom <laughs> once the bottom ten teams have had their first pick, then yeah. After that, yeah. Okay. But yeah, they need a lot of work. They'll get yeah. it. They'll get the support from the AFL. Uh, for the current yeah. listeners out there, look, coming from a coming from a bloke who's been through some really, really bad times, you, you got to stick fat. 
because it's these times that you enjoy the good times when they come along. And they will. Yeah. You know, in yep. a couple of years' time, it's going to be another team in, in this position and it won't be you. But it could be yep. the next team, the Gold Coast Suns. Mm. Oh, by the way, yep. pass or fail or for uh, Carlton? I'm going to fail because it's, it's still the worst year they've ever had since 1901. So it's a fail for me. Yeah, it's a fail. It is a fail. Yeah. And considering they didn't have a, a wooden spoon until, I think, early 2000s, and they've had yep. what, five or six since then? Yep. Yeah, some tough times. But, you know, this, this mob, Gold Coast, uh, finished 17th on the ladder, 16 premiership points, 59.95%. Uh, their best streak was they lost five in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they did. Yep. Look, they, yep. they had a tough season. Let's be frank. The first seven games of the year, they didn't even play a home game. Yeah. They were, they were yep. out and about everywhere. So they were unsettled. Um, mind yep. you, mind you, uh, they did have some great stuff to come out of the year. They were ranked third for tackles per game, mm-hmm. ranked fourth for hitouts per game. They were yep. actually they should be very very proud of the fact that they were ranked first for clangers per game, and uh, <laughs> they ranked first for uh, rebound fifties per game as well. But if you have a look at the the ones that we look at, you know, ranked seventeenth for kicks, seventeenth for handballs, eighteenth for the disposals, eighteenth for marks, eighteenth for points per game, and seventeenth for inside fifties per game. 17th mm-hmm. and 18th for goals assists. Well, yep. that's doesn't matter how good. Yeah, it doesn't matter how good the engine's running. If everything else around it's pitiful, it's not going to go anywhere. That's a perfect example. Yep. They're just yep. too young. Uh, they got too many people in. They just thought, yeah, we'll get a young group. They'll all stay together, and they didn't. Yeah, they they need that experience around them. And unfortunately, you know, if I asked you where would you rather go, Gold Coast or Carlton? Yep. At least people give a shit about football in Melbourne. That's true. That's true. Yep. And when your average question. margin, when your average margin is almost ten goals every game, you're losing to buy. That's that's not fun to play in. Uh, it's definitely it's definitely not. It's definitely no. not. Um, what was your question? Sorry, what was your question? I did. I um. Well, uh, name one successful team that's been up in the Gold Coast. Uh, the Meter Maids. Yep. <laughs> That's probably the only thing I'd, I'd pay to go and watch up in Gold Coast, which is a shame because if you have a look at the talent that's come out of, out of Gold Coast, Prestia, yep. Caddy, Ablett, Dixon, yep. Josh Toy, Nathan Ablett, mm. they had some quality. Campbell <laughs> Brown, uh, <laughs> Stephen May, Tommy Lynch, yep. the other Tommy Lynch. But yeah, they've got some quality and they've all gone by the wayside. It was probably because yeah, too many kids with lots of money and time on their hands up in the Gold Coast. Yeah, as uh, Axl Rose uh, once uh, proclaimed on their first album, that is an appetite for destruction. Yep, it, w- it still won't work. I'm I'm going to stand. I'm going to put my flag in the sand every time we have this podcast. The Gold Coast Suns will not work. It won't work. It won't work. It's, it's unfortunate, but it's not going to work. Uh, it's 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 never going to work. No, and I don't know. I, I don't know the stats. I know at the end of the year we'll get the stats for the um. AFL released their their report, mm-hmm. but I reckon they must be hemorrhaging money on Gold Coast every year, big time money. And I know that I know that I know that people at work used to give it to us for being Port supporters and Melbourne supporters and being um, and, and being propped up by the AFL. But it's it'll, it'll pale in comparison to what the Gold Coast are getting paid a year. I reckon. Oh, I reckon all the money that they get from players for fines. Goes to yeah. that, that, that just that that props up just um, 
Gillian McLaughlin's flights to keep going up there to figure out what the hell's going on with that mob. Because they are, <laughs> they are, they are, they yeah. are. Um, yeah. Look, I, I don't know if um, you know from their perspective though. They've got some players, and that's it. One guy that I've been yeah. I've been impressed with over the last couple of weeks. I got to see him live as a gentleman by the name of Alex Sexton. Yep. He's um he's kicked twenty eight goals for the season, which is not too shabby in that mob. But the last couple of weeks he kicked five out of six against the D's, and he also had another good weekend. Um, I think last week as well. So he he's mm-hmm. done. He's really, Tuke Miller. He just he's racked up you know uh, most handballs, most disposals again. Jared Harbrow, obviously total rebound fifties because he's coming out of the back line. He's been a great yeah. get for them. Um, Stephen May, one hundred and twenty seven marks. But it's the same names. Again, Jared Lyons. I can't believe Adelaide got rid of him and put him up to Adelaide. Yeah. He, had 100, he was averaging seven, almost seven and a half clearances a game. Yeah. And even Jared Witts, 38.77 hitouts per game. That's nothing to sneeze at. 853 hitouts. Now, mind you, the leading Ruckman had 1,000 hitouts for the season. Good old Max oh. Gorn. So 853, <laughs> only, being 100, 150, only 150 behind the... Um, most hit outs for the year. That's a that's a pretty good result for Jared Which Unfortunately, he was tapping it to no one. Yeah. And it makes it tough. So they're going to go through some more tough years. I do rate yep. Stewie Jew. I think he's got plenty of um, plenty of things on his side. What I will <laughs> say, though, is I reckon definitely a fail for this mob again. And it's going to be just as tough. They need some more support. Yep. Yep, big big fail. They're losing members, um, losing members, and they could have won their second wooden spoon this year out of what eight years in the competition. That's that's a pretty bad start. Uh, is a yeah, that's a disgusting start. Yep. Um. So fail, fail. So fail for, for you. Fail big for fail. me. All right. Um. What about my next team? Actually, a quick, quick, quick question. Yeah. Who do you think's had more, more, more? Um. People attend their games this year. GWS or Gold Coast? Um, I'm going to say GWS. Yeah. All right. Is that right? Yeah. So they they average twenty thousand people at their games this year. Wow. Okay. All right. Now here's the next one. Out of Brisbane and GWS, mm-hmm. who do you reckon had more? Oh, Brisbane. Yep. But mind you, by only over the course of the year. About 36,000 people. Yep. So that's not many okay. when you've got 11 home games. So it just goes to show, and Brisbane have been around how long up there? Yeah. yeah. I think, I think yeah, decades. GWS, they are getting some traction up there. They are getting some traction, which I like. Yeah. What happens when they start losing? That'll yep. be I agree. That will definitely and be that's the, And that's this year, the, this year the Brisbane Lions had, um, had hope to sell to their members or new fans. Yep. Um, Next year, I think what we're seeing this year is going to grow again. You're right. If Gold Coast, if if the Giants start losing, what happens? Watch this space. Yeah, I know, but I think they're smart. I still think they've got plenty of picks just banked away. Yeah, and they're just going to just go rotating. Somebody leaves. So Dylan Shield. Let's just say he leaves and goes to Essendon, which is the rumor going around on Twitter sphere these days. What? That's yep. two. That's two first round draft picks, isn't it? Bang. Oh, easy. So they just keep. They just keep rotating him around, and you know, mind you, he's, he's a gun. But mm. once again, that's what the market wants, and I think unfortunately the power is too much in the, the power in the players' hands, and not the club's hands. I want to know though that if if they're going to continue and grow and stuff like that, yeah. they've, they've got to work out that home ground, Spotless Stadium. 
Oh, just spotless or Canberra. Where the hell is it? I don't know where. Do you know where it is? Yeah, it's out. GWS is out near Sydney Olympic Park. Okay. Yeah. But how can they play at home games in Canberra? Uh, it's like Hawthorne playing in Tassie. Right. Yeah. So it's just a so, they sell, so they sell a game an hour down the road. I don't think they sell it. I think it's almost their that's their secondary location. But they really like playing out of Canberra. I just, I just. Yeah, if they get their stadium sorted. Nothing's good to ever come out of Canberra. Like I said, the only two, the only three things that have ever come out of Canberra, which are great, is the main highway, fireworks, and porn. That's the only good stuff to come out of Canberra. All right. Um, All right. right. So that's definitely... St Kilda? All right. Let's have a look at this next mob. St Kilda. Uh, 16th 16th on the ladder. Premiership points of 18. Percentage of 75.58. A streak of six losses in a row. Mm-hmm. What is going on with this mob? Over to you, Jamie. Um, they're just the most boring football team I've ever seen in my life. 11 wins last year to four this year. They've got a lot of players who have played that, you know, 60 to 100 games now, but we don't know where they are. We don't know if they're improving or if they're getting worse. They should literally be in a, in a, in a better position where they are now. Well, for how um, long was it? How long was it? Yeah. St Kilda versus Melbourne. Melbourne versus St Kilda. Who's got the better yep. list? Yeah. You know what it reminds me of? You know those, um, the, the, the super ads where one goes up the escalator and the other one goes down yep. the escalator? Yeah. That's Melbourne and St Kilda. Compare Melbourne, the pair wherever it is. Melbourne, we made the right choice and St Kilda went oh. down. They are. It's not, it's, yeah, and you're right. It's not as if they're just a little bit hopeless. They've actually gone way back this year. Way back. And you know, one of the dumbest things I heard was their president say, oh, you know, we, we'll think about having maybe a Luke Hodge. We could do with a Luke Hodge around the club. You mm. had two of them, three <laughs> Walton Montagna, and you pissed them off. Yep. What do they yep. think? You know, and you can understand at the time where they thought, okay, we need to free up this space. These guys have given us a service. They'll be able to move on and yep. you know, the team will grow. Yep. Yeah. They went one year too late. Sorry, yep. one too early. Yep. And I remember sure. you and I telling telling Tom. Remember Tom at work? We kept oh, good old, good old Danny Cloggoff Crawford. Yep. Once again, I'm going to say he's going to hate you for saying that. Um, I don't really care. He, <laughs> he, um, we always said to him, as soon as those two players leave, Rewalt and, um, and, and Montagna, that's it. Your club's done. Everyone can see it. Everyone could see that. Um, but last year, they got ahead of themselves, thought they could push on from 11 wins without those two and it's backfired spectacularly. Well, he always used to say, we've got Tim Embry and, <laughs> and then we would laugh behind his back. It's true. Um, it's true. Any, any man who has a, a palm tree tattooed on his arm is not a man you should be taking full forward. What would Plugger be doing right now? Imagine Plugger <laughs> with a palm tree on his shoulder. You wouldn't say anything, would you? That's Do you know, I've got a, my, my brother's got a friend who, um, who was dead, lost, lost a bet and he had to get the KFC colonel um, tattoo just on right on his hip of the walking colonel with a chicken in his hand. That's, I don't mind that. That's okay. Chicks dig it. Tat, isn't it? Chicks dig it. Chicks dig it. <laughs> um, but yeah. they, but they, are, they, they don't know if they're Arthur or Martha, this team. No. I, I don't think, and, I, and once again, I think with the confusion off the field, that's leading yeah. to confusion on the field. I don't know what their style of gameplay is. Yeah. I don't know what they stand for. Well, we've seen the run and gun style against you guys. That was, that was exciting. Oh, we could not have played any worse that day. And they played yeah, out of their but, skin. And, and they you know, got that's out the back could... quick. Yeah, they did. And then they yeah. fell apart. Absolutely. 
Yep. I think one of their big issues is that they've got too many players at their club named Jack. <laughs> There's too many Jacks. Too many Jacks in the box. Can't yep. do it. But, you know, Seth Ross led disposals. Carlisle, uh, most marks, especially on the goal line, usually on his back after he's just rolled off, having a bit of a... Um, Gresham's kicked 35, which is a great result. Um, yep. Hickey, see, this is a perfect example. Tom Hickey, main ruckman, 315 hitouts. Yeah. Now that is now I'm gonna put that is six hundred and eighty five headouts less than Max Gorn. Yeah, but that was not Max Gorn. I know, but what I'm highlighting is is that that's a big number from your m- number one ruckman. Yeah, like Jared, which is only a great ruckman. For, but they've had a good ruckman for about five years now. Nah, Spider Everett or. Um, oh, I- Lazar Vidovic. Lazar Vidovic. Who is it? <laughs> but they haven't a good ruckman for years, though, that this team. Um, I'll give them some credit, though. They were, now, this surprised me. They were ranked second for handballs per game, third yep. for disposals per game, yep. fifth for marks per game. Yeah, but you watch that style, though. You watch their game style, and it's all cheapies at the it back. May, may, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's Franklin's $2 shop stuff, mate. Cheapy, yep. cheapy, cheapies. Two for ones. It's. Yep. It, and I think that's where disposals and statistics get a little bit, you know, out of control when you see a statistic like that. That's that's a joke. Mm. Yeah. Uh, funny enough, though, ranked 13th for kicks per game, 14th for points per game, 17th for tackles yep. per game. We spoke yep. about hitouts. They were 16th for hitouts and yep. 13th for inside 50. So they they seem to be getting a lot of ball in the back half and in yeah, the middle of the sure. ground, but they just couldn't. And it was a lot of handball, so maybe yep. under pressure. Or just yep. trying to, they were trying to play that similar game to the doggies did a couple of years ago, but they just yep. don't have the talent by foot. And it just shows when you rank 13th for kicks per game, that means that you're getting the ball, but you're not doing anything with it. So I reckon they're lazy. If, if, you're, if, if you are not scoring and you are this low on the ground, pressure costs nothing. Pressure takes nothing. If you're tackling and your number is 17 out of 18 teams and you're as crap as you are, you are lazy as a, as a football club. You're not tackling enough. You're not putting enough pressure on anyone. You're just letting them run through. And they're coach killers. Um, and that's what, and that and, is what, yeah. that's what kills, that's what kills coaches. Is yeah, I think, I think, I think he'll have one more year though, Alan Richardson. Yep. But they're going to put in a hell of a thing. And they've just signed Brendan Laid from Port Adelaide, who was our forwards coach, which is, it speaks volumes to the type of coach he is. But he also left the Richmond program one year later, Richmond Premiership. So I don't know if that's a great transition for um for them to be signing someone under um Richardson like that. Yep. Hey, just talking about uh, coaches, I just want a little bit of a shout out to uh, one of my mates, Tommy Hunter. Tommy is the coach of the Richmond VFL women's team, and he's just completed yep. his first uh, season at the helm. And I just want to say congratulations, big fella. Oh, I know you've been through a lot. Uh, he had a pretty bad neck injury, which had to give up his football career when he was on Collingwood's list um, yep. as a rookie. And he could have gone down the path of, you know, stuff that. But I think um, there was a message in that. And he's been uh, an awesome coach. I got him seen coach uh, at my local footy club and win a premiership there. He's been through Cannons. He's done work left, right and center. And, and fingers crossed he's going to be their inaugural um, women's coach. So... Just want to give a shout out. Awesome job to you, buddy. And um, he's actually, just to let you know, he's mm-hmm. actually agreed to um, uh, have a guest interview on the on the podcast. So I'm looking forward oh, to having nice. a chat and just chatting about his sort of journey and where it's got to and his uh, little bit of a life. So listeners, if you're a Collingwood supporter, if you are a Richmond supporter, if you're just a lover of football, 
stay tuned for that interview because I can tell you now he is an absolute legend of a bloke. And more importantly, um, he's definitely got a, he's on his, his uh, I think he's either done it or going through the level four uh, AFL coaching uh, accreditation program, accreditation, which is the one that you need to virtually get to be an AFL coach. So oh, he's great. right up at the food chain. So he's a, he's a top bloke and we'll get a bit of an insight from him when we have a chat to him in, um, very shortly. But from a St Kilda perspective, uh, a, a definite fail. You can't go from, what they go from? 12 wins last year? 11. 11 to four this year? That's, four that's, this a, year. Ma- that's a massive, that's a massive backwards. Yep, All for right. sure. Here's one team that I've been pretty bullish on for most of the year and I, and I think their results don't, uh, and, and when I give one, one, um, one streak in a moment, you'll see it in a moment, but uh, the Brisbane mm-hmm. Lions, 15th on mm-hmm. the ladder, mm-hmm. uh, 20 premiership points, a percentage of 89.07, which is very, very healthy. Um, yep. Ranked second for marks in games, uh, fifth for hitouts per game, fifth for goal assists per game, fifth for clearances per game, ranked yep. fifth for inside 50s per game, and ranked first for least opposite tackles per opponent tackles. So they're almost getting not tackled by their opponents as much, which is really good. Um, yep. Their low side of things, once again, handballs per game was 14th. Tackles per game, we thought St Kilda were bad. They're ranked 18th. Yep. 14th for inside 50s per game and clangers per game was at 15th. So when you look at that, it, it, it seems to me that they, they are a young team, a very mm-hmm. forward running team, um, yep. but not getting the ball in. But I don't think they've got, they've got young targets who don't know where to go at the moment. Yep. Um, hit outs, once again, the hit out side of things. Stefan Martin, he is a gun. An out and out yep. gun. He is an elite, elite ruckman in the AFL. He I know he has been. He's been. He's been re. Um, what's it called? Contracted. Uh, no, no, not recontracted. Invigorated. Uh, like Energized. Going up there. Yeah, I can tell you now that when he left Melbourne, he only went up there for opportunity because there was Gorn mm-hmm. and there was Jamar, and so he was yep. cab off the rack, and he went up there for opportunity. I don't know people at Melbourne uh, or any supporter were, were shattered to see him go. But yep. he's one of the guys that we sit and go, you know, awesome stuff. And we love it when he goes up against Gorney or any of the Melbourne teams because you get to see what he's like. He's actually a quality player. So, you know, yeah. good on to him. Um, Alex Witherden's had the most kicks for the year. Beansy, he'll be all Australian. Is he in yeah. the All-Australian squad this year, Beansy? Mm, probably, thing? yeah, I reckon. He, I think he got, listed, he got listed in the squad at least. Um, yeah. Will he make it? Probably they, not. They no, probably not. So it doesn't make much of a difference here. Um, Eric Hipwood, 37. That's not a bad return from the young fella. Yep. Zorko, total clangers of 92. Oh, good work. Okay. <laughs> uh, look, I, I'm really bullish about this mob. Yeah. I think uh, getting Chris Fagan up there was a masterstroke. Yep. Um, he's almost playing that dad figure to this group. Getting Hodgie up there was another masterstroke. Yep. And I, and I really like where they're going. And just to see, like I said, if you have a look at it and you're uh, ranked... Um, from tackles per game first from the opponent's perspective, it means that they're just not getting here. So they're yeah. getting enough of the ball um, and they're chipping around a fair bit, but they just don't have that confidence just yet to, to, yep. to drill it long into the forward line. But when they do, they've got a guy down there, big Eric Hipwood. He, he could be anything in the next couple of years. As long as yep. he doesn't grow his hair like Ben Brown, he's going to be in a... <laughs> so what do you reckon? I reckon, uh, yeah, Hipwood's probably been one of the one of the better performers in terms of... Uh, you know, they got a couple that were drafted in. I reckon Hipwood's been good. Um, yep. And their scoring has 
um, paid off. And I think Fagan has got them playing in the right way. So I, I see, I see bright futures for Brisbane. Yeah, they've, and like I said, when when you look at their as as we're sort of going up the list within the clubs, and you have a look at their statistical rankings from the high versus the low, they're almost fifty mm. fifty, which is a really yep. good sign. And you know, even having Luke Hodge up there for for a, one year, hopefully he's going to go around again. I don't know if there's any news come out of Brisbane just yet relating to that. Maybe it's still a bit close, being only yeah. a couple of days since they finished up. But it, it's you know, we have a look when Jordan Lewis came to the D's. Mm-hmm. Cross came to the D's and it was like, okay, so this is where you are at the moment. But if you want to be not just a good player, but a very good player to a great player, these are the extra bits that you need to do. Yep. And I think that's what they needed. I know as young players, unless you have that, you can you can follow as many processes as you like. You can do as many weight sessions as you like, but it's those unsung little 1% things that not everybody sees that is going to make mm. the difference between you being a good player and somebody who can make a mark, not just on your own team, but the competition. Yeah. If he yep. can leave, if he can leave just a, you know, a fraction of his legacy that he left at Hawthorne to Brisbane, they're going to be in a really good position moving into the next couple of years and go back to being that destination club that they were for so many years when they had um, the three peat and also then making that uh, grand final that they lost to Port Adelaide. Yeah. And I, I reckon Hodge, I reckon one more year, he hasn't yeah. dropped off much, no, really. So that old question is: Is there another player that could take his spot? No, nope. I don't know. But if they play him smartly, because a lot yep. of a lot of the development doesn't happen between two and five on a Saturday. It's everything throughout the week that just leads up to that particular part, and that's yep. where he's, he's going to have um, much more of his uh, impact within the group too. So from them, I give them. Uh, I will definitely give them a big thumbs up for the year. Yourself. Yeah, pass. Massive yeah, pass. And, and um, I don't think... Oh, look, I've said this previously. I don't think that they can break into the eight because it is such a, a logjam at that top. Yep. But I do think that they can make a, a good push into maybe the, the, the top half of the bottom. Yep. Eight, which is... You know, yep. That's what you just want to have. I think in the, history of the, uh, in the history of the game, there's only been two clubs that have had successive, uh, successive um, increased positions on the ladder in the last... Might be ever since the, the game started, has been yeah. with GWS. Yep, I think it's the first time they've gone backwards, and yep. I think Melbourne have had six years of moving up the ladder into higher yep. positions. So that if that's that's something that they can aim for, um, because they've given yeah. you know, and if you go back to that Hawthorne win that they had against um, had against them at the what was that place called the Gabba? Sorry, I went blank for mm-hmm. a sec. And they did the same thing again, I think, down in Hobart as well, Tasmania. That's all. That's all they want. They're the things that you can go, fellas. If that's what we can do, and we're here, imagine what another preseason under our belts can do. So I've got massive, massive um, thumbs up for them. All right. Sorry, one more thing. Just average losing is, is, I just say, I'm just basically adding to your point. But the average losing this year for Brisbane is 24 points. So they're close. That's that's that's. If you, I don't think there'd be many clubs around in that bottom half that could say that that was their average losing margin. Yeah. That is, that, is a, that is a win by a mile, considering how far back they were. All right. Yep. Slotting in at 13th spot on the ladder. And mm-hmm. this is almost a disappointment to see what's happened is the Western Bulldogs. Uh, 32 premiership points, eight wins oh, for three okay, Yep. 77.32%. So they had a worse percentage than Brisbane, but more wins on the board. 
Mm-hmm. Not much went right for them this year. So you're going, oh, you're going Western Bulldogs not free at the moment. Did I skip them, did I? You skipped Freo. Did I miss Freo? <laughs> That's right. Sorry, Freo fans. Sorry, Freo fans. I'm going to stop. <laughs> and I'm just going to cut that part out and go for the 14th team. So uh, the 14th team, oh, the 14th team, Fremantle. 32 points on the ladder, eight wins, 14 losses, 76.24. Not much went right for them, did they? I I could actually say the same thing about the Western Bulldogs, but not much went right for the the Dockers this year. It was just, I think, a year on and off the field. They just want to put behind them. Yep, yep. A few injuries. A few injuries at the start of the year, but, um, well, I'm sorry, two of the biggest injuries to that club that you could possibly have with... Mm -hmm. Um, Fife and um, Sandy Lands. Sandy Lands. And it was um, a shame too, because Fife was probably in Brownlow medal form. Yeah. Now, just to show that he missed, I think he missed seven games and he's still yep. been able to make the All-Australian squad. That is, yeah, that, that's a big tick. So when he's on, he's on. Yeah. But no one else has yep. really been on. They're, they're a weird nope. mob. I didn't, to say that they had eight wins, that surprised me. Yep. That really surprised me when you look when you look at how their season, how smacked smacked against it they've been. Yeah. Um, their high rankings were they were ranked fifth in the least opponent clearances per game, so they were stopping the opposition. They were ranked mm-hmm. first for the least opposition rebound fifties and ranked third in team to opponent rebound fifties. And that's it. So the mob that we just spoke mm-hmm. a moment ago, which was Brisbane, dominated yep. in high rankings. Fifteenth yep. fifteenth for disposals, fifteenth for sixteenth po- for points per game. 16th for tackles, 16th yeah. for 50s, 14th for goals, yeah. 15th for clearances per game. And it just keeps on going. Um, and that's the Ross Lyon football career over. We've talked about Ross Lyon. Good. Let's move on. No. No, no. But that's, he, that, 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 that's the Ross Lyon style. The question. If his name was uh, Albert McGillicuddy, he'd be sacked, <laughs> wouldn't he? I don't know. <laughs> Albert McGillicuddy. I don't know where he got that one from. It's a good one. But, um, Thank you. That's 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 Ross Lyon football, isn't it? Ultra defensive, super dull, boring, boring, boring. And if you have a look at the way games are played these days, it's the complete opposite of that. Yep. Dial just doesn't hold up any longer. Nope. And how long nope. they got him for? Another three seasons? Yep. Good luck getting him out of that contract without costing your arm and leg. Yep. Although yep. they do have they have green shoots. Adam Sarah, Brayshaw, yes, Brendan Cox, yes, and Matt yes, Tabner. Yes, they have they have got some got and look, Lockie Neal still does his thing. Yeah. Um, Nathan Wilson, yeah, he's, he's fantastic. Five still there. Five still there. Sandlin's um, got another year. He's playing one more year. Ballantyne got another year and goes out and kicks three on the weekend. I did see what that. happens? You get a contract, it's just a, like a rejuvenation. Yeah. Um, but you know, their total the, you know, the highest goal kicker was Michael Walters, twenty two. Mm. So Nathan yeah. Wilson led kicks, lucky Neil handballs, disposal. I really hope he gets an All-Australian gig. He's been brilliant again. Yeah. Um, Fife just does what he does. Yeah. Um, and just dominates games. But, yeah. you know what, I think um, you know, there, there was a reason why Brad Lloyd got out of there, obviously going to Carlton. And if you're leaving Fremantle to go to Carlton, <laughs> something's definitely wrong. Yeah, the rumor was that he he cracked it after he found out that Ballantyne and Sandlands got contract extensions, and he didn't know about it, or he didn't obviously set it up. 
Yeah. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. And they've got Harley Bernal still on a contract as well. I think, and that was the other one that they signed up. Yeah. You look at them and what was it? Four years ago, these guys are playing in a grand final. Five years ago, these guys are playing in the grand final. Purple Hayes. They were beating Geelong down at Geelong in finals. Yeah. And now they've, it's, it's interesting. You think about from Fremantle's perspective, that they play yeah. such dour football. Yeah. Yet this year they've averaged 30, just under 36,000 per game. Wow. Okay. Now, now they've been around since. That's, that's, that's the new stadium. It, that's the new it, stadium. It is, it is the new stadium, understandably. Yeah. But since 1995, that is the highest amount of um, attendance or average attendance yeah. this club has had. Now, regardless okay. if it's a bigger. You know, did the old Subiaco have 40,000? Could have hosted 40,000? Maybe. But they were only averaging 31s and 26s and 32s and 31,000s over the previous four years. Yeah. They just weren't getting the numbers. Yeah. I think just looking at it, that's out of only two other years, it's the most attendance that they've had. Mind you, there's a couple of finals in there. So people still want to go and watch them. Yeah, maybe it's everyone who has um, a sleep apnea or, or has sleeping issues, and they send them there to go watch Fremantle games because that would put anyone to sleep. God, it's boring. They are boring. They stop teams. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, they stop teams. Like you know, back in the day, where they stopped Geelong um, when Geelong used to just play through the corridor uh, back five years ago. So they they could stop that. Um, but then they had the PAV and they have that up, up forward now. But now they've got no forward line. It's just back line and um, dour, dour football. Boring, boring football. Yep. And they're able to absorb the pressure so well and yep. then take it to the other end. Now yep. they, abs- they absorb it if they can, but they've, mm-hmm. just, they've just got no one to kick it to. And with young bodies, it takes them longer to, to get over that. Yeah, they aren't going to be able to. But mind you, they went out on the weekend and almost gave Melbourne fourth spot on the ladder. They they held Collingwood until probably the last two or three minutes of the game. Yep. So, yep. But when but when they lose though, when when Frio generally lose, they lose big. Yeah. So they, they get win. exposed. They win small and lose big. Um, yep. Look, you're right. They have got they've got some shining lights. But their yes. their top age bracket is it, it it's too old. Like it is getting it is ah. is actually quite old when you have a look at the top side of things. Yep, and they've got they've, they've got a truckload of those 25, 26 year old players. They've got heaps of them. They have, but and their older players are too old. Yep, and that 25, 26 range is what they're supposed to be looking for. But you've got yep. Sandlands at thirty five. He'll be thirty six by the time next year rolls around. Michael mm-hmm. Johnson, I think he's just retired, but he was 33 this year. David Mundy's 33. Daniel Pierce, who's just retired, 32. Ballantyne's 31. Spur yeah. is 31. Then you've even got Stephen Hill and Michael Walters at 28 and 27 years together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't, you can't keep going with that at that no. age group. It's way too hard. Yeah. It's way too hard. Yeah, yeah, they so need they're to go through more, more tough years. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're, they're not Locking... in a, they're not in a good spot, but they're not in a great spot either. 
I but can't you, believe Nicky Neal's only 25 years old. No. But you looked at Tabernard, he's only he's 25. Yeah, Tabernard's 25. They're heaps of players. Yeah. They've got that. But the thing is, if you have a look at them, though, and I'm just going to go through some names here. Nathan Wilson, 98 games. Mm-hmm. Kirsten, 66. Joel Hamling, 63. Lockie Neal's, 135. Yeah. Matt Tabernard, 62. Yeah. Brad Hill, 127. Uh, Tommy Sheridan, 81. Ethan Hughes, 29. And yeah. Michael Atness at 12. There's a bit of a range in the games experience. Mm. So even though that they're older, the experience yeah. isn't together. No. So you've got some like Lockie Neal and Bradley Hill, they've come through over the years, you know, yeah. one at Fremantle and um, one at Hawthorne. Yeah. But everybody else is sort of, they've, they've started later. So they haven't come together as a group. Uh, unlike yeah. other teams that have had that premiership success, they've all started young and come together. Yeah. Uh, and even Hamley's come across, and if you have a look at some of those names, um, yeah. Wilson came from another team, Kirsten came from another team, Hamley came from another team, Hill came from another team, Harley Bennell, another one, 25, he's played 83 yeah. games, come from another team. Another team, yeah. So it's not just about being old, but they haven't played football together. No. And it takes a number of years to get that synergy between each other. So they're going to be another one of those teams. I, I can't see them improving. No. But, uh, well, they have to. They have to. Otherwise, um, I, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't think Ross Lyon will last another season if they don't improve. No. I think they're, the, they're brutal over there in the WA public. Fremantle public yep. are brutal. Yep. They'll either say, you get rid of him or we'll get rid of the board. Yeah, so eight um, wins, eight wins. Eight wins is eight wins. Did we expect much more from them, though? No, I actually thought less. Two, thought so less. I'm going to give them. I'm going to give them. I'm going to give them a, a, a low pass because I actually thought they'd win three for the season. Yep. Um. Nah, I, I'd just give them a hold. I'd be a hold. Yeah, hold. I'd be a hold. I don't. I don't think that they failed. Yep. I don't think that they set the world on fire. What was their average losing margin? Did you fifty point something? Yeah, fifty point six. That's 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 too big. That's, that's ten big. goals, and that's probably why. Yeah, you've had eight wins, like a number of other teams. Yeah, but that losing margin is just way too big. Yeah, yeah. For a team uh, that is is uh, that 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 should be performing a little bit better than that. Certainly. So I think yeah. that there's definitely another two wins somewhere within that group to get to double figures. And yep. based on that, that'll move you up a couple of slots. Absolutely will. So got and next of, year, who knows? Yeah, like I said, free agency, you just don't know. You, you, you just yep. don't know. You know, Jesse Hogan, let's just say he decides to say, I want to go back to Perth or Fremantle offer him the, you know, the Ducks nuts. Yeah. Melbourne would be stupid not to go, yep, you, that's fine. You give us uh, Sarah or Brayshaw and, and we'll do the deal. No way. Why would you give away Jesse Hogan for... If he wants to go back to Perth, so oh, be it. No way. What Frio got nothing off of you guys, That's and exactly. without without Hogan, I don't think the you cash, guys mate, have got cash. Cash, mate. It's all cash. It's no all... clubs these days. Nah. They want to know what you've got to offer them back. And we will just take we'll take Brayshaw and Sarah. There you go. You give us those two. You can have Hogan. Straight swap. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought, a, I thought you'd be bull- your typical way. Pardon? I thought you'd, I thought you'd be bullish and go. We want Fife and Brayshaw. That's your nah, usual trade nah, tactic. No, nah, I don't want Fife. He's, he's, he's getting on. <laughs> give us the two young guns. Actually, now nah, give us Fife. Now nah, give us Fife, Brayshaw, and Sarah. 
That's and the we'll peps give, I knew. We'll give you Dean Kent and Hogan just because they're both from Perth. That's it. <laughs> so, look, I see them going down. Um, yep. Fife, Fife might place in the Brownlow this year, which is, which is stunning to think he's in his seven games. I think it was Ablett. Yeah. I think Ablett missed seven games the year that he came second. Second. Yep. Uh, it's yep. going to be a tough one, but yeah, I, I see some just um, more pain coming for the Dockers next year. Um, yep. They're not a destination club. No. And people don't like playing under Ross Lyon, it looks like. Yep. Imagine playing pair, it'd be like playing with a pair of handcuffs on all the time. Yep. Boring. That's Boring game style, old game style. And when you're getting carved up like they do, when they get the ball gets, uh, when, when the ball moves too quick for their defense, yep. it's, it's nasty. Now, uh, before we wrap up for part A of this uh, end of uh, 2018 wrap up, one thing whilst we whilst um, you were chatting earlier, my mm-hmm. phone beeped and I, I was stunned when this popped up on my phone. I'm just going to read this and you'll go. You, you, it will just blow your mind. Yeah. Saints D-list injury prone mid after two games. Nathan Freeman has been delisted by St Kilda after two games in three years. Wow. So he couldn't get wow. on the park at Collingwood. They've put three years into this bloke, supported him all of the way. He plays two games and they get rid of him. That's not great. Um, anyway, it, doesn't anyway, make no, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. All that they've pretty much said so far on this is that he's just be, he won't be required at Moorabbin. So theoretically what they're also saying is, is that you, we cannot see you Nathan Freeman in our best 40, 44 to 42 players at the club. Yeah. How can you tell he's played two games? Wow. Yep. Wow. Okay. Jeez. Don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know what they're thinking. So if we went back, a little bit of while and go back to the Saints. I'd be even saying now, yeah, mate, they, they, they'll be, they'll, they will be bottom next year. They yeah. will be bottom. Be cool. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Cool. After hearing stuff like that and the type of decisions that they're making, they will be last. Yeah. Well, that was sort of, that, those sort of decisions can sometimes, even though, yeah, play a personnel, whatever, but that sort of stuff can rip a, rip, rip a bit of heart out of the club. Well, imagine you, know, you, you, you have mates there and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And especially when you see what he's done to get back on the park after all those years, and then they decide after two games, we don't want to keep you. You'd be like, well, what did you have me hanging around for? What you, you think after two games, you can tell how good I'm going to be. Yeah. It's a tough one. There must be something else medical or whatever in the background, but um, Hey, one last thing that's really pissing me off. <laughs> yep. And this is my, um, uh, I w- would say I'm a great pretender, but I'm not running one for this sort of thing because it's, it doesn't sort of suit. But on the weekend, we had a Collingwood uh, player get done for drugs. Yes. And his name is? Exactly. Uh, on as well, too. No. Oh, was it just off his name? Murphy? No. No, I've gone completely blank on it. All right. And what's happened is, so he's been done for drugs uh, by Asada. And yep. what gives me the shits about this entire situation is we need to support this guy, whether he has uh, problems, whether he has mental health issues. 
it's almost like when anyone ever stuffs up these days <laughs> around drugs or whatever, it has to be mental health issues. Yeah. Now, I'm sorry, the bloke was just a complete fuckwit. He took yeah. drugs three days, apparently, before a game. Now, I don't care. Yeah. That has nothing to do with having a mental health issue. And trust me, I know. Yeah. I'm myself. That is just a shit decision. And the guy's yeah. going to pay for it. Do not just, as soon as somebody does something wrong, automatically just throw it in the bucket of mental health. It gives, yeah. It's disrespectful for anyone out there who has a genuine issue. It is just, yeah. it's just pathetic. And I can't stand it. And I heard it on the radio this morning and I was, I was just, I was in traffic and I was frustrated as buggery. <laughs> and then to hear that just made it even, even worse. Yeah. So, so he took, he took some gear three days before game day thinking what he was clear or something. Or what oh, was he, he wouldn't get caught. What that, an that's idiot. the only thing you can think. Sam Murray, Sam Murray. Sam Murray. There we go. So Good they reckon one. that, He's been done for cocaine, and this is everything that you hear. So if, if I'm wrong, I'm only going by the information that I've heard. But it was for, yeah. apparently for cocaine, which yeah. lasted the system around about three or four days. Yeah. I think he got tested on a Friday night. Right. So he had to have done it Tuesday or Wednesday mm-hmm. before a game. Seriously. You've got the is world at your feet and you yeah. do something as fucked as that. I'm sorry yeah. for the language listeners, but that's the only way I can describe it. Is just, yeah. you've just, you've thrown your life away and you potentially, because you got caught on game day, could be yeah. up to four years. Yeah. For snorting a bit of nose candy, which is not great to be doing in the first place. It just goes to show, that it's just dumb. I think there's no other way to describe it. It was dumb. And yeah. don't put it like I said in the bucket of mental health or whatever. No, it was just a dumb decision that he has to pay the consequences for. Yeah. Well, do you agree with um, what, what Mark Robertson said? He's either stupid or is a drug problem. Um, That's not far off the mark. I think it's stupid, but I wouldn't well, say that there's just a drug problem at Collingwood. I no, but him, him has got, he individually has a problem with drugs. Well, tell me, why would you be having to do... Why would you be doing that before on a Tuesday game, night or whatever? A Tuesday or a Wednesday? Yeah, you should be yeah, come, training. Tell me what was going through your mind besides a fine white powder. Yep. It's just, it's yep. just it's stupid. So whatever comes his way, look, it's almost, do you feel sorry for him? No, I don't feel sorry for him. He knows the rules. Because he knows the rules and it was a choice. It was a choice. Yeah. And it was his responsibility. He's made the wrong choice and he has to live with the consequences. Yeah. But don't give me that, oh, you know, we'll get around him, we'll support him, we'll help him through this. No, he's, he's messed up. And yeah. don't try and put it in the category of, oh, he's got something going on. No. There's, you you want to hear from him why he did it. Yeah. And just simple as that. Don't get anyone yeah. else speaking for him. Tell us why you did it. Because that's yeah. a Colleen's back line is thin as it is. And then for that to happen, it makes it even worse for them. So they've got some troubles coming up, but I just couldn't hold that in because it was going through my mind. Uh, as I, like I said, I heard it this morning and I knew we were going to be chatting tonight. Yeah. You know, Sam Murray, you're a dick. And yeah. <laughs> you want to treat this. You're a dick because you've, you've basically ruined your life 
for sure. Yep. And that's yep. yep. All right. But good, good, awesome. uh, good spray to end it on. No, nah, well, he deserves a freaking spray because there's a kids that are busting their chops left, right, and center. This guy yep. gets the opportunity, and to make matters worse, he's already had two blokes from his club already get done for a year for yep. doing, and then yep. he doesn't get the message. So there could be something there. There could be hardly surprised there. though. A, fo- a footballer, a footballer on drugs. Like we're not really surprised, are we? I think it was surprising he got caught. Surprisingly, the court and was doing it when you, when you, as you said, when you sort of walked, worked back on the timeline on a Tuesday night, which is the regular night, probably after training. Uh, After training, we used to get a a cup of um, tomato soup and a piece of bread down at the old skiller. This guy's going. Oh, no, not pie night. No, soup night. We had the mystery soup on Tuesday nights. We used to have that every night, and then we'd uh, have the bread down at old East Keeler Football Club. But old yeah. uh, Baza Mountjoy and uh, Billy Wiggs would just uh, do what they need to do and look after the yeah. boys. What's he going? Did you, train, did you train Tuesday, Tuesday, Thursdays? Oh, Tuesday, Thursdays. Yeah, loved it. That's that's semi-professional, Peps. Pun. That's semi-professional. Yeah. Semi-professional. Yep, I did my best work between. I did my best work between six and seven thirty on a Tuesday and Thursday. <laughs> yeah, and pretty much left it there. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah I'm going to leave it there because that's enough. But hey, you know what? This has been awesome to be able to chat. It was really good because I thought about the games. Yeah, I think we've had enough of the games. Season's over. Just talking about some of the teams and where they finished and where they've gone. And tomorrow yep. night, what we'll do is we'll talk about the top half. So from teams 9 to 13, have a chat about theirs. Talk about some of the delistings that have been announced in, in the last couple of days because a couple of them do affect your team. Yep. Um, and then um, have a bit of a think next week. We'll talk about a bit of a preview re- leading into the first round of finals. So... Great to me. From the host, Christopher Pepper, the co-hostest with the mostest, J-Dog, I have to ask the question I always ask, Jamie, how do you like your football, buddy? I like it. Lace out. See you tomorrow, buddy. And listeners, catch you soon. Good night. Goodbye. Good night.